Uh, I think we need to turn our attention to Australia, where we are seeing that the um, the firefighters are preparing for uh, more extreme weather in Australia. Dave, I think we have uh, something from Australian PM Scott Morrison on what it's going to look like in Australia over the coming days. We're a long way um, from the end of this crisis and this disaster, and their pre-positioning along the coast uh, is very important. These are significant assets with significant capabilities and provide a staging post to render any amount of assistance as required. Yeah, the uh, a climate monitoring official said that an upcoming increase in rainfall wouldn't be enough to snuff out the blazes anytime soon. And they are preparing for more blazes uh, with temperatures in the next two days raising to the mid 40s Celsius and windy conditions. All of this doesn't look good for uh, people, for infrastructure and for the wildlife in Australia. We're joined now all the way from Australia by uh, Dr. Gabriel Crowley, who is uh, from the Center of Biodiversity and Conservation Science at the University of Queensland. Welcome to the show. It's good to have you on. Hello. Um, you are very well acquainted with a place called Kangaroo Island. It is in South Australia. Can you? I, I hear some people are calling it the Galapagos of Australia. Can you tell us a little bit about why this island is uh, so important? Uh, it, it's very special. It's, it's very biodiverse, um, and it has a range of species that are found nowhere else. Um, the area was not really suitable for farming um, in the early days of Australian colonisation. So a lot of the vegetation remained um, and where the farms have been developed more recently, they've left a lot of vegetation along the creek lines and the roads. So it's been just such a beautiful place to be because you just see so much wildlife there. As an ecologist, the biodiversity is uh, is immense there. I understand that um, some of the... It's interesting. This was before the stories about the fires we were hearing, you know, a few, a few years ago. I don't know why people focused on this as the butt of jokes, but I guess that um, koalas had a chlamydia issue. So they were taking koalas that were did not have this issue and bringing them over to the island. And apparently uh, those koalas were... Um, clear of that and they were breeding there half of the islands 50,000 koalas now estimated to have perished in the bushfires that's right um, most of the areas that have burnt are actually native vegetation uh, so although there are koalas all over the island the largest numbers are in those remnant blocks of vegetation um, so it, it is just shocking how many koalas and other animals have been killed. How many? How much of the island has been affected by the fires? Because I believe it started with lightning strikes. It did start with lightning strikes. Um, and the island itself is about 440,000 hectares, and the amount that's burnt is now approaching 200,000. So the, the mapping hasn't been completed, but until... Yesterday, it was they were saying 156,000 or a third of the island, but today has been horrendous, and we're getting updates um, on a regular basis of new areas having to be evacuated. 
you've had a long relationship with this island because you have been one of the people that have been working for the last two decades on um, bringing up the populations of this glossy black cockatoo, which is under immense threat with the fires. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the black cockatoo and also the kangaroo island dunnert who are unique and endangered? So the glossy black cockatoo is a subspecies of a species which also occurs in eastern Australia, mostly in areas that are being burnt. Um, This subspecies is unique um, to South Australia and is only found on the island. And when we first started working on them 22 years ago, we estimated there were about 150 birds left. Um, And... We started a program of research and management. Uh, I was involved a lot in the first few years and I've just come recently come back to the island, so I haven't been involved continually through that period. Um, the estimates before the fire were that the population had been increased through all the good works that the community had done to about 400 birds, so we over doubled the population um, and uh, one of the reasons that uh, the population grows so slowly is that they only lay a single egg mm. um, and so it takes a very long time once the population's been knocked back for it to recover. And conservationists are, you know, have been working for years to increase the numbers but the fires, talk about the timing of the fires and they came at breeding season and why is that a challenge? It's a challenge because it's just the start of the breeding season. Thankfully, most of the nests won't be started till uh, the end of this month, but the birds are returning to um, nesting areas, and once once the female's on that nest, she really doesn't want to leave it. So even if she eventually... If if the, the fire came through and she was eventually convinced to leave, it would be unlikely she'd escape the flames. Um, So we hope none of the birds have started breeding yet, but they certainly will will have been collecting in the breeding areas. How likely is it that they, I mean, they can fly, that they would leave the island? Could they fly that, that long? They could possibly leave the island, um... By the shortest route to the mainland, it's about uh, 14 kilometres. At the moment, the eastern end of the island has not been burnt, and that's the section which is closest to the mainland. So there is a possibility if the numbers on the island can't be maintained that they will, will leave the island, but nobody has recorded any on the mainland for many, many years. There's also concern about this endangered mouse-like marsupial. It's called the Dunnart. That's right, the Kangaroo Island uh, Dunnart. That's probably more rare, but also much harder to study because a small secretive animal um, which occurs in some of the most remote parts of the island and a lot of work's gone into trying to find where the population um, still persists uh, and a lot of that habitat now has been burned. 
I know that a lot of uh, ecologists on the island are, are setting up uh, treatment areas. They're getting wildlife in dropped off by people that live on the island on a daily basis, and they are surrounded by uh, fires nearby. How long can con- conservationists can it, like, wait it out, like stay on that island before uh, they need to evacuate? The people need to evacuate. Yeah. Um because these are people, well, obviously, they're putting their own lives in danger in order to save the animals. The the main town on the island, Kingscote, uh, has just is now in a, a fire risk zone, um, just of about uh, uh, fifteen minutes ago. Mm. Um, so people are being told not even to leave the outskirts of the town. Um, so we really don't we really don't know how much of the island's going to be lost in these fires. The, as you're probably aware, the Australian summer is equivalent to your winter and it doesn't end, hot weather really doesn't end till March, maybe early April. So this is, you know, not the end of it. Uh, how can how can people help? Because I think you know people hear these stories and and uh, especially they have this connection with with animals because because they're helpless. I mean they don't have their own voices. Uh, they're falling victim to these fires. H- how can we help here on the other side of the globe? Well, it, we're trying to raise funds for um, getting in as soon as we can and assessing the damage to the species and the habitat. And we have set up a couple of GoFundMe sites. Um, There's one for the Glossy Black Cockatoo and there is one for the Kangaroo Island Dunnart. So contributions to that will really help the effort. We've got to to go in and and put up new nest boxes for these birds to nest in, um, as well as make sure that there is actually enough food on the island uh, for the animals to eat. So is there plan to is there plan to right. physically remove them from the island at all? If it, if it came to that, not really. the The donuts would be too hard to find. Okay. Um, the the cockatoos themselves are very very fussy eaters. They only feed on one species um, and take the seeds from from the cones of that species. Um, and in the nest that they nest in, the reason that we provide nest boxes for them is that um, possums get in and eat the the chicks or the eggs. Right, and there's so only we, one per breeder, so... That's right. So we, we, we're intensively managing them on the island um, to be able to provide secure habitat and uh, for nesting and feeding habitat off the island is something um, could be done in, in the long term if we have to. All right. Well, Dr. Crawley, I will uh, point people in the direction of these GoFundMe pages for the uh, Glossy Black Cockatoo and the Kangaroo Island Dunnert, and hopefully uh, we we get some contributions. I thank you very much for your time, and I, you know, your inner thoughts. Uh, you know, everyone in Australia is right now. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Dr. Gabriel Crowley is uh, with the Center for Biodiversity and Conservation Science at the University of Queensland. It's Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.